podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. I am joined by the amazing Amy Canavan, and if you're not listening to Amy's interview with Paul Elliott, I suggest you do it right now. Yes, Soccer Supernova. Well done, Amy. Brilliant interview. How are you, Amy? I'm doing really well. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm buzzing after uh, last week. It was a bit mental for me. Like, say, Paul Elliott, that was unbelievable to get to speak to him. And um, uh, honestly, I, it's not just because it's my own interview, but I'd urge anyone yeah. to listen to him because I think everybody should be a little bit more Paul Elliott. I really do. Um, he is an exceptional man. He is an exceptional man. But yeah, on the um, contrast to that, it was great to talk to him. We were talking about bad days in Celtic's past, and <laughs> you know, as we were going through that, yeah, I always say well done as well, Amy. I thought it was the best interview you've done so far on the, the Supernova channel, and I just thought it was well done. You, it was brilliant. I loved it. I thought Paul Elliott as well, though. You asked him the right questions, but he can answer a question well. He's clear. He's an intelligent man, isn't he? And I'm also joined on the Monday Club by the enigmatic um, <laughs> that sums to Ooh, ah, Chantana, <laughs> Russell Boyce, Boyce, how are you? I'm, oh, I'm good, mate, I'm good. It's a strange, it's going to be the strangest <laughs> week, I think, since I've, right. since I've been involved with the show. I genuinely believe this is going to be the weirdest week yet that we're trying to, we're going to get pelters at times, and you know what? No one's going to get more pelters than whoever's made this managerial decision, I don't think. <laughs> well, get to that. Now, my opening outburst is going to be Kevin Graham-like. OK, so here we go. First, I'm going to make it. Then I'm going to break it till it falls apart. Hating mm-hmm. all the breaking and shaking while you're breaking my brittle heart. Brittle heart. Bring on the new messiah, wherever he may roam. Bring on the new messiah, wherever he may roam. Now, music aficionados will recognise that's a line or lyrics from Bring On The Dancing Horses by Echo and the Bunny Men. Mm-hmm. The way I feel right now, current board members are doing to every Celtic supporter's heart, they're breaking it, or as Laura Bradford would prefer me to say, they're tearing it asunder. Mm. The name Angie Postecoglou, Modern Studies essay, discussed for 30 marks. Let's go, Amy, your thoughts. Wow. Um, what a change from, from last week, isn't it? It's um, There's no denying it. It's ridiculously disappointing. Um, I don't know right now if I'm more disappointed or if I'm more mortified, um, you know, on behalf of the club. Um, but, wow, what a state we find ourselves in. I don't know how heavy to go in right away. I don't know if to gauge from little how, how harsh we're going. Um, but it's a... Uh, do what you want, because, well, you know I will. 
<laughs> it's a bit of a it's a shake up how having the space from Wednesday you know season uh, selling season tickets you know basically saying all but saying how's in the bag to Thursday not being confirmed to Friday we're in advanced talks with another another manager wow how how quick do you get to an advanced talk stage I think that just shows in itself the the caliber of this manager this is not a, a Brendan Rodgers s coming in you know if there was a if if it was a man of that um, of that stature of that uh, due diligence I don't think he would manage to go from from being nowhere to, to being in advanced talks within 24 hours you know that sort of sounds like a guy who's who's ready to to drop everything at the drop of a hat you know this is an opportunity he cannot turn down and, and I am dying to be you know in advanced talks with um, with Celtic Football Club it doesn't sound like the man that, that we're after then in complete other contrast you can totally you can go with you know how you know we, should, we shouldn't be going for him he's he's made us wait and wait um, and we've been we've been sitting in the corner like a little child and letting him decide and dictate everything and let him, you know, ha- have all the toys that he wants at his disposal. You know, you, you can go into you know Toys R Us and, and pick everything you want, and then he ends up picking, he ends up going to Smiths or something like that. So, <laughs> um, you, you can weigh it up in two options, but I think right now. I, I think it is, is mortifying that we have found ourselves in this state. You know, this was a, a club for the past, I don't know, probably not for the full 10, but for five five years, maybe four or five years, we have been a steady a steady ship, a model um, of, of great governance and everything that has, has went well. And like I say, the, the steady ship is, is so so far sunk. It's um, it's it's a disgrace. It's um, and it's an it's an embarrassment. So to find ourselves in this state, as you say, to be, you know, I'm not even going to attempt to to go for his surname, Tony. I'll leave that to you. But um, wow, it's it's been quite uh, it's been quite a shift from last week. Russell, now I'm going to a few things I've said in the pod after February, right? When Neil Lennon left February, mm-hmm. right? Tomorrow we'll turn the first. Still no any further forward. But here's a snapshot of things I've said, right? We wanted an appointment, not a disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. Celtic Thursday does not shrink to fit inferior players. The boardroom table does not shrink to fit inferior members. And then the, the St. Francis prayer that I said, and I keep getting back to it, they have totally done this all, all by themselves. Whether it was harmony, you brought discord. Whether it was truth, you brought error. Whether it was faith, you brought doubt. And where there was hope, you have brought despair. Those words should be echoing around everywhere at Celtic Park right now, especially at the top level, because I cannot see where they go from here. And as Amy said, embarrassment doesn't even begin to cover it. What's your thoughts? No, I, I agree with you. I think there's two sides as well. I think for me, it's got the hallmarks of Ronnie Dyla. My concern is that it could be even more like Pedro Cachinha. Um, an unknown quantity that comes into the game that's going to be ridiculed from the start, which I've always said on this show every single week, that whoever gets the job, if it's not how, is going to be viewed as the second best option. And we're all going to deep down know you weren't the guy we wanted. And that's going to count against them from the start, rightly or wrongly. Um, The only move for me I thought Celtic should have made was for a big name. I think that just to try and reconnect the fans, I don't know where they go with season tickets now with this appointment. I just don't... And I'm not saying it's right to be like this judgmental and we don't probably... We've probably not done all our homework on him. But the fact is that that is how it's going to be. You're trying to unite a huge fan base here. And... You're not going to do it with with unknown quantities. Uh, whether he's, I seen someone post on Twitter yesterday that he's won the equivalent of the European Championships. I find that you know complete just flattery. You know, beyond all all reality, I don't think that's quite what he's done at all. To be fair, and I think there's also the question you'd ask Tony is, why is it only Celtic looking at a 55 year old manager now? Why? I've never seen him linked with one big job before. Um, I expect us to double down on how. I thought if we didn't go for how, try and get a huge appointment made. Something, even if it is a Frank Lampard, right? Which I'm not advocating. Everyone calm down. But I think he would have been like the. He would have been a name that gave a lot of young fans hope anyway because he was he's such a well known, well known quantity. Unlike. Miss out on your number one and then go for someone, if we're all being honest, none of us have heard of. I think it's a bold, bold move. Hopefully it pays off. I can't see it. So I, and Amy, I, I just don't think 
Postacoglu is on MD's wanted list, personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it was an insult to every Celtic fan's intelligence that they was put out through various media platforms that they'd been scouting this guy for months. Mm-hmm. Amy said there, he scouted a guy for three months, couldn't get a signature, and then all of a sudden, within 72 hours or less than that, you, you've, you've, you've done your, all your due diligence on this guy. I mean, it's it, it's incredible. And then you've done your due diligence to the fact that there's even more worrying press reports that he might not even have his coaching badges or his licences to actually do the job in this country. I mean, Amy, surely these are things that should be nailed down. If you have scouted this guy for months, you would know these things. That's why I'm saying it's important to you and I, intelligence, that they've done any kind of homework on this guy. It just, I mean, it just reeks of amateur hour, really, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's its beyond amateurish. It really is. Um, you know, and we can sit here and the club can say, you know, we've maybe kept tabs on him for a few months. Well, it doesn't really seem the case, you know. It, Every all our eggs were in, in Eddie Howe's basket. That's certainly what it seemed. You know, you can't say we're we're selling season tickets basically on the the bank and that the manager we obviously we'd hope for him to be announced. And I appreciate they've not said how, so uh, you could you could you could just all be here saying rumours. But you know, I am under ninety nine percent assurance that it's it's how that they were, you know, referring to it. And if anybody else thinks mm-hmm. otherwise. Please, please offer up. But it is amateurish, you know. There's there is this whole malarkey about his, his UEFA license, and it's just and and again, and I understand that we've got to appreciate the, his achievements that he, he's done across the world. Um, you know, you look in Australia, and of course, players are going to come out now and say, um, you know, he's well equipped, he's well organised, he won't settle for anything other than the best. Of, of course, they're all going to say that. But I think. Who who was it? I can't remember. It was ABC Australia. I think they, they woke up and I think everybody said that Australia was in absolute raptures that that he'd been you know linked to Celtic. That just shows you how big a move this is. So of course people can come in and say he's been linked to other roles, but this is as close as it's got and as, as big as it's got. And again, we could totally you know he he could be revolutionary. He really could be. But I don't think the the manner right now. I don't think the the mortifying um, scenario and all my my feelings of. Well, thanks. It's not around him. It's the way that the club have handled it. How have we got ourselves into this position? You know, yep. like, this is the, the stable ship that we have been for the last four, four or five years, whatever you want to to determine it to to this. And and that's what I mean that, that we've went from you know pretty much assuring fans that we've got them on the Wednesday, not having them on the Thursday, but to be in advance talks with somebody else on a Friday. That is a a, a predicament that we we shouldn't be finding ourselves in. You know, we shouldn't be. For people are coming in saying that, that Howe's not this great big manager that we've um, that, that we're making him out to be. Well, how are we not then even attracting that mediocre manager? How mm. are we not selling ourselves to, to Howe? Why are we sitting in the corner waiting for Howe, waiting for his staff? Well, Glasgow Celtic then. Why we we can't be that entity that, that we we are you know cl- closing to be, saying to be, probing to be because we're quite clearly not. Yep. And I'm going to put this to you, Russell, okay? Mm-hmm. For those of us certain vintage will remember, today's Sesame Street <laughs> is brought to you by the letter U. Now, that was the first U, and it's unpronounceable. Angie Postecoglou, Pentecostal, or whatever his name is, Postecoglou, I think mm-hmm. that's the correct pronunciation. This manager is being foisted upon the Celtic supporters and against many of their will. Now, the second you is the reason this is being foisted upon the Celtic fans is because of a board that are unaccountable. Very good. (laughs) And and if this manager comes in, you bet your bottom dollar that Celtic's version of the untouchables, i.e. John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, will be part of the backroom team. And as Amy alluded to at the start, it's totally and utterly underwhelming. Four years so far, the fifth year, unacceptable. Why you can't go out and get how if that was your number one target. And I tell you what, see if this gamble backfires and Celtic are on a wing and a prayer with this guy. They are hoping that it happens yes. and hits the ground running. They have no idea how this guy's going to do or not. And see if it doesn't and it backfires, it'll be utterly unforgivable when you think that the club from the summer of 2018 
to now has dragged itself to the, the depths that it has sunk to since then is unbelievable. We've got about seven years earlier. Uh, yeah, it was, mate. That was really good. <laughs> Russell, what say you to that? Well, I think you're spot on the money. I just, Amy was spot on as well with everything that she said. I think that the club's... It's quite funny because it actually feels like... The, see, when you look at the contrast of Eddie Howe with this appointment, it actually strikes me that we're basically... We've hired yet another yes man because we didn't want... It, we still haven't learned from the mistakes and we still don't want to have guys that are independent of their own mind and that are probably going to take you to task and call you and hold you to account. You're saying unaccountable, Tony. Eddie Howe would take the t- Celtic board to account. They would hold him to account and he would ensure... I want my full team, I want to have my all-backroom team, I want this player, I want that player, and you're going to go and do it. They've now hired someone, yet again, you know it's a it's a bold thing that they want. They want yes-men in, in these roles. They're going to give him his coaching staff again. We're not learning from the exact same mistakes we've already made so many times. It's strange. Ken Glenn said a thing on Friday, Amy, which he always refers to, the accountant in him, and he says it all comes down to money. This just smacks of that, doesn't it? The CFC equals cheapskate FC. Because mm. you know? this is a cheap appointment. And if you're not to bring in any backroom staff, then even cheaper. You know, and if you've alluded to this guy, this is a big deal in Australia because this guy is possibly getting a crack. Of course he's going to take it. He's not going to turn it down, is he? Absolutely. No, if it's offered. And so it, it's, just, it, it's just the way Celtic conduct their business and as Russell said they are they're never they don't seem to be willing to learn by any mistakes. Absolutely I appreciate, you know, out in Australia maybe he is he is well respected and maybe, you know, he's he's not a yes man, of course maybe maybe he's not, but to us right now we needed a big appointment within our sphere. And I know that can be a little bit blended <laughs> and a little bit ignorant, but this is not the time for us to experiment and go out and try and bag an Australian a hero, whatever you want to call him, I don't, I don't know. You know, we needed somebody who, who knows, who knows really where we're trying to go. And I, and I know that's maybe a, a silly <laughs> question because God knows where Celtic's going right now. But we need somebody who, who could, and I keep using it to steady the ship. You know, there is we are we were a believable twenty five points of uh, um, behind the title winners this season. You know, it's an absolute. Calamity, and it's been it's been a season of calamities, and this just sort of adds to it. You know, it's it's been a disastrous defence, um, and it just sort of seems like a disastrous defence of, of Eddie Howe as well, and a disaster, or sorry, or a disastrous defence of, of our managerial role. It's it's just it's messy, um, it's amateurish, and it's just really reflecting everything that's that's played out on, on the pitch for Celtic this season. I'm dressed in black, Amy. It's the Johnny Cash gear. <laughs> I've been mood since Friday. All right. Uh, Russell's a bit more positive now. People tuning in will be saying, you're probably too negative. Can we grasp some positives from this? Postecoglou, Russell, is there positives there? I know he's won titles in Australia and he's won titles in Japan and he's taken Australia to the World Cup finals. I mean, that to me is the, the only positive so far. I mean, I pe- people keep posting me links that he, he speaks well, he talks the talk. As Amy said, this is Glasgow Celtic. It ain't yep. any, any football job. No, I mean, I, I tried my absolute best on Friday. We had a great debate, Tony. I was trying to be as positive as I possibly could then. If I had known that this was going to be the name that was actually coming into the post, I probably would have re- revised my positivity on Friday and maybe second second doubted myself. Maybe I was being a bit naive to think that there was going to be a master stroke pulled off. Um, I am underwhelmed. I think the you, that's my favourite you out of your seven yous, mate, was underwhelmed by the, the appointment that's going to happen, or what seems like it's going to happen. Who knows? They could still blow this deal as well. You never know. But, no, nah, it's not it's, it's not one that's going to get the, you know, the fire inside, you know, burning again. It's not, it's not going to inspire. And that's the key. The, the, the right now, Celtic felt inspired by an Eddie Howe vision or coming into motion. You know, everyone really wanted that to happen. 
And if you miss out on your number one target, you make sure the second one, at the very least, is a name people can connect with. Um, unfortunately, we've got a name that we can't pronounce. And also as well, with the Eddie Howe speculation, there was nothing from the board, no communication to say that it wasn't going to happen. And so me, Connecting Dots, believes that they knew that that wasn't going to happen, but they allowed that narrative to string along and happen in in the hope that season ticket holders would renew by their thousands. Yes. Now, it's a strong word, but... They, they, they duped them lie to supporters, and if that is the case, they duped them and they lied to them, thinking that the blind faith and the reboot, rebuild. Mm-hmm. Remember that I was talking mm-hmm. about last week, you know, but because they, they never let anybody in on the fact that this deal was on the verge of collapse until Amy says what well, the Thursday was coming, the Friday wasn't, you know, Amy. So I mean, there's been a lot. Um, Celtic supporters have been misled here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, and, and, and that's what really alluding to that obviously the, the that post came out that oh, we had hoped to have a manager in place by the time these season tickets went on sale. And like you say, I appreciate they never named how, but it's so obvious that that is who they were, you know, insinuating it to be. So it is, it's a massive disappointment. And I think. You know, I, I have no idea when you say that, Tony, but I've alluded to it for, for certainly the last uh, last few months, but you always said that Celtic needed an appointment, not a disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I just feel that this is a disappointment. I really do. I think, as, as Russell rightly said, I'm not I'm not buzzing about it. I've not got, you know, I'm, I'm not going, wow, this is, this is exciting. And I'm not just saying this because he's not, you know, he's not how, but, you know, all we, we we've really spoke so much about what what does Brexit mean? You know, to to our market, to to our transfer targets. You know, we're really going to be looking need to look within look within with within Scotland, yeah. within the UK. You know, and I think that was a little bit of the excitement with Eddie Howe as well. This is a guy who's, you know, we can talk all about his promotions and whatnot through throughout the leagues, but. At the heart of those promotions is playing in those leagues, you know. So he knows the the lower leagues of England inside and out. And I appreciate that we're going. To, I'm going to get some comments coming and going. Oh well, that's not where we should be looking. But there are little gems there, you know. Look, my perfect example. Look at Ivan Tony. He is just almost single-handedly took Brentford up and they've got a fantastic setup down there and and Thomas Frank's done a great job but he has been that missing link these last few years I think that's four years now that that Brentford really should have been up up in the Premier League but they've been missing that killer instinct that killer instinct of a striker and and Tony's got it you know so there are are players down there and there's a market and, and that's where we need to be delving into right now because we're missing out too often and we're missing up on talent up here as well that there's little gems that are going you know why is you know Lyndon Dykes at, at, at Livingston Mark Warburton swooped him up and, and got him down to QPR I'm not saying that maybe Dykes we should have signed him but you know he, he's got a lot and Russell you know we're all excited to see, to see him for to play for Scotland so there's something there's an excitement big powerful centre forward so th- there are little gems out there but does Postacoglu come in and, and know this you know is he going to try and, and bring in players from from Australia and whatnot and is that going to be possible who knows where his his eyes see um, so it's uh, there's just a lot of matters have to come into it so it's not just an ignorance that we don't know his name it's also just thinking that the whole bigger picture that why is Celtic aiming for a guy that doesn't really know the market that fundamentally we're going to need to be looking into Russell we were speaking on the group chat and a, and a few things came up and just touching on what you've said mm-hmm. there as well yep. yeah, two big major issues of concern right for people Celtic supporters right now are the lack of gravitas we post to Cogley right when you're trying to yep. attract players and you're trying to get current players to stay and you just feel, and as Amy's touched upon there, is he the right man to attract the calibre of player that Celtic leading right now as they rebuild, right? Mm. Tony, right? Tony was in the building and he left, and I'm not harking back because people hate you, see, but <laughs> Brentford are now in an English Premier League club. I know. Because Ivan Tony scored over 30 goals. Right, so... There's an argument there. They were the nearly men for four years. Signed Ivan Tony. They're now an English Premier League club. It's a brilliant example there, as Amy says. Right? And then the other fact is that he's probably a guy who's going to come in and take the backroom staff that the board want him to take, i.e. Uh, Strachan and Kennedy. 
Sure. Those two issues right away cause total and utter division amongst the Celtic supporters because they're like, no, I can't have that. You I, think, have I, th- I think we go one further, Tony, as well. Yeah. I think he's I think he's going to be signing the players he's told to sign. Well, I don't think he'll have any influence on that whatsoever. I know Amy was touching about the Australia thing. I actually think that's wishful thinking that we would give the manager <laughs> such such a platform to sign players he wants. I think that would be... That just, just doesn't fit in with the narrative we've now got. Unfortunately, this guy is going to be our yes man, our next yes man, I'm afraid. I can tell already. Yeah, so, you know, Amy, you said there, that, that, that's a worry moving forward that, you know, he comes in and is it does he, is he au fait with the, the British game? You know, I, I certainly don't see think that he will be. You know, he won't be handed a list of targets, but does he know who they are? Exactly, but there's, there's the flip side to that as well. You know, obviously the, the players fundamentally want to be to be signing for Celtic and playing for Celtic, but they, do they really want to be playing under, under this man who maybe they, they don't know themselves, you know? Who's to say that you know you you can't talk talk for other players and whatnot and for targets? But you look at you look at Gerard. You know that that's a name that's, that's going to be many young players idols. You know the, the way that we're looking at right now. If you're aiming for a, a twenty to, to twenty five year old you know midfielder or striker, Gerard's going to be up there for for one of their heroes just just because of who he is. And you're not telling me that a lot of a lot of younger players that would be wanting to play under how I appreciate that there's obviously I don't want you don't want to keep dragging back to how and, and now we can start to pick up oh he wasn't this he wasn't that but he's an he is the football that he plays was exciting it's dynamic you know he's got he's got a decent history of you know getting young players through helping young players along you know we, we named some some guys last week who would be looking to you know, to, to really be bringing in his sort of people. So there's a reattraction there of, of his name, not only to, to the fans, but to, to targets, to players. And I don't know if a 55-year-old Australian post Kuglu has it. I, I don't know. Well, if you're coming north of the border and you have a chance to sign for Celtic or Rangers and you see the two managers, as you've just said, Gerard or Postacoglu, to me, it's a no contest. You spoke about this off air, Russell. You know, you, you would probably plump for Gerard on the basis of the name alone, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that we were hoping with the How appointment, and, you know, obviously I was on many buses, right? But we were hoping with the, we were hoping with the How appointment, that was a sophisticated option. That was the guy who was going to take Celtic to another level or back to a, a previous level that we were at and with some proper coaching. The reason I always went back to Keen thing was, and it was one of many options, I wanted to get behind whoever, but I just thought Keen is a short-term fix in a short-term situation. Champions League money is nearly 99% guaranteed for winning the league next year. I can't believe we're going to experiment with that. I would have put, and I'm not saying it was. I had to be all about Roy Keane, but you then go, who would you sign for Roy Keane, Gerrard? You've got a debate. I'm not saying a lot of people I'm sure would still oh. choose Gerard. that's fine. But yeah, we're having yeah. a conversation, aren't we? Yeah, you oh, just yeah. said there um, You just said there Gerard or you know yeah. this option oh, I can't even pronounce his name. And we're not the genuinely you are going, it's Gerard, every single player will choose Gerard over him. I would rather we were in the debate than not even, you know, in the in the room. I think that's the sad the sad reality of going for like this. And as I say, with so much at stake, maybe how was a long term plan, right? And he would have been brilliant over a over a course of period of years, right? That or however long we could hold on to him. We now just need to get with it with short termism because the, the Champions League starts in 50 days. So we need a short-term view for that, and we need a short-term view for the fact that the prize this season is far greater than it's ever been. I would have went for a name, as opposed to maybe the best, whoever we think is the best coach. Mm. And I think for all the arguments they make for, for this man, um, in terms of a coaching status, in terms of his managerial achievements, I don't think it's long-term vision that we've we've left ourselves enough time to be anymore. It should have been short-term FC this summer, Tony. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because that thirty-five million Champions League money yep. has been dangled in front of you for winning the title, yep. and at this moment, your gut instinct telling you that Celtic 
probably won't win the title unless something miraculous happens. But get back to it, you're on a wing and a prayer and you're hoping that this guy yes. is the real deal. You should not be getting into a season hoping that your manager is the real deal or scrambling to cobble a team together. You know, there are lots being mentioned about the, the City group and the Fergal Harkin influence. If, mm-hmm. if it's going to be Fergal Harkin, but I couch these words, Fergal Harkin is due to be appointed this week. I've heard that before. Not <laughs> this in the past. Uh, so I treat that with kind of, you know, disdain at this minute in time. But this whole City group franchise thing, you know. So if Manchester City are the big... The McDonald and a coming to America style, right? <laughs> are McDonald, then Celtic are McDowell's, the one that's trying to compete. You know, that, very that, good, you very know, good. That's the way the club's being handled and treated in my mind. You know, they are McDowell's, the small man trying to make inroads into the Big Mac. You know, mm. I, I, I cannot get my head around this, how the club have fallen so far from such a position of strength and dominance. Let's not yes. dominance, right? But they've allowed that in three years to slip through their fingers. It, it's astonishing. And the, the fans, are, you know, I, I, I hate the word entitled. We've never felt entitled. We were just enjoying being where we are. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah. And they thought that they would continue to evolve. Because big clubs evolve, that's what we do. They have plans, they have structures, they have processes. But it turns yeah. out, Rogers is the exception to the rule. Clearly, yeah. Rogers is actually the blip in what's happened in the last three years. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, who, and who's appointed this guy, by the way, as well? I thought the director of football would surely have been... Well, if we weren't going to go for a house team, surely the first move we make is you get Fergal Harkin and then he chooses his man. Has yeah. that already happened? Well, it's I hard to tell, isn't it? Somebody has to answer those questions. Yeah. You were saying at the start as well that you just, you're just you shaking your head because you're sitting there in disbelief. You can't even believe this, can you? No, I can't. Honest no. truth, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, oh, as I say, I mean, I feel f- more foolish now for Friday than ever because I was trying to bring waves of positivity. Genuinely thinking, if they've m- missed out on the guy that was, you know, they've courted for months, it's so public knowledge. This is your one. Then I thought the only thing we'll do, though, which is a good thing, is we'll go get a huge name now to compensate for the the missed opportunity. 
we're doing the exact opposite of what I genuinely thought, Tony. And, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe that. I can't believe they think this is the smart move and this is how they're going to... See, firstly, from a business point of view, we've talked about being treated as customers. If that's your customer base, you're not doing very well at keeping them on side and getting them to sell season tickets. It's a hard sell. It's a harder sell now with that guy in charge. And I, do, I know I'm being so disrespectful about him. I probably am a wee bit out of order. But I just think, from a business point of view, you miss out on Eddie Howe. How do you sell season tickets? You would have went just for a name at the very least. Right? But I'll tell you one thing as well. Um... When it comes to the season ticket books, those auto, you're talking about being misled earlier. The automatic renewals had already begun before we admitted that how the how thing was off. I find that very naughty. Self, I mean, this is Celtic's idea of thinking out the box, right? And a lot of people are saying you don't support a manager, you support the club, you support the team. And I get that. And if it is Angie Postacoglu that comes in, yep. we have no alternative but to get behind it. But you feel as if there's a, a gun being pointed at your head to say to you, get behind this guy. You know, there are, there are too many better candidates out there. I don't want to put you on the spot, Amy, but would you do you have anyone in mind that you would like to see Celtic try and attract and if it's not going to be Postacoglu or go to a, an alternative? Just to sort of broaden that out. To, to be honest right now, I think it is just still... It's just such a state of of disappointment, and it's, I think there's a there's a lot of angst kicking in more than anything. You know, we are. I think Russell just hit the nail on the head, and it'll be it'll be more than interesting to see on Thursday. You know, J, JP's um, the the countdown behind him. How many days until the mm-hmm. chance? Because that is the worry. You know, we are. You know, it's going to be fifty around the fifty day sort of mark. We have no manager in place, no matter if it be if it be Ange, if it be no, if it be anybody. We we still do not have one in place. How are we going to you know get anybody in here, attract the players, the caliber of players we need um, to to not only to try and to to get back in, in any sort of title race because there were there was no title race this year at least um, and and get get a place in Europe kick on in Europe where are we right now you know this is this is a worrying state um, and and I think right now I think that's where my realization is just like wow this is this is worrying you know people can spin it and try and be positive and talk about the fact that he's you know, he's highly thought of in Australia and highly thought of in Japan and and, and I get all that. But, I mean, I just struggle to find the fact that like, he's probably not a household name in his own household. You know what I mean? So I, I just find that strange that, that this is Celtic's idea of thinking out the box. Go and get this guy. Somebody that no one has heard of, plucked from, you know, a standard, standards of football that, you know, you would be disparaging towards. I've never watched the Australian Football League or or the, the J-League, I can't even really comment because they just don't register on my Richter scale on my radar. Fair. You know, all sorts of people say to oh, the standards this or that, but all I know about Australia and the J-League is that it's usually a place where guys coming to the end of their career go for a large payday because some club offers, offers them a ridiculous sum of money for a, a couple of years wind down. You know, just it's just the, my perception you know, so I, I just, uh, you know, so someone out there can enlighten me, but they cannot, those standards of those leagues cannot be anything near the Scottish Premiership. I'm sorry, they just can't. People probably tell me that they are, but I don't, I refuse to believe that. And if it is, then why are these guys or these managers who are supposedly talented, why are they not being snapped up right, left and centre? I begin to think as well. See, see the fact that you know, obviously, if you missed out on how, right, and you've got, I'm sure, Tony, a list of names, right. We can touch on them if you want, but I'm sure the list you're talking about of names. Why are they not feasible options? And maybe it just simply is the circumstances we make managers work under are just unacceptable for top managers, mate. They're just not going to do it. And I think everyone now and their anti phones. Brendan Rogers straight away why did you leave and when they hear the home truths from him and as I've always said I've revised my opinion on it I'm sure I called him a rat at some point when he left like everyone else but the reality is there's two sides to every story 
Uh, what was it that upset him so much that made him want to leave? Why did Neil Lennon accept getting his coaching staff picked from the least man to ever act like that ever was Neil Lennon? He is too strong a personality, and yet he went in and took the job as Lennon Light, and that was upsetting. When you think about it, it came and bit us back on, on the backside, you know? Mm. Now, we can't get the how deal done. We've had three months at this, mate. Three mm. months, if not longer. There's there's speculation that how was actually spoke to in November and that the reason that he didn't want the job is because he was told not to work there whilst Lawwell is that is the, that is the rumour mill mate yeah. now we don't go for how and we're not going to go for anyone of the similar ilk because it will be the same outcome it will be the same end game. They will not work under the circumstances that you Celtic try and force upon them. Whether that be you need to have John Kennedy, you need to have Gavin Strachan, whether that be you need to sell before you buy, whatever it is, something doesn't tick all the boxes for top coaches to manage at Celtic. And you hit the nail on the head. The blip was Brendan Rodgers. Not the good... It, he was the one that didn't... It's like, we see it as that was the best appointment in the last 10 years. They see him as a nightmare. That has to change. Now, the question at the bottom there, Amy, is Celtic move on to Angie Postacoglu. Will this appointment appease the support? Mm. You know, $64,000 question, but your face tells it all. <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> It's just about worrying, isn't it? Like I say, and you know, we, we definitely have went a, a, a little bit harsh on him um, f- for a guy that you know he, he's not even he stepped foot in the door or accepted the job. So th- there's no denying that when or if he comes in, then absolutely we will have to simply get behind him because, as I've said, it doesn't actually matter. It's not his. It's not him that the anger and the mortifying this is, is at mortifying this. Um, <laughs> that can't work. It's Monday. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the predicament we find ourselves in, and it's the handling. It's the, it's the handling of the club of this whole scenario. And you know, it's that that's where that the anger is is um, directed towards. Certainly from me, and it's it's just it's disappointing. But will the appointment a piece of support? I, I don't think so. I really don't. You know, as I say, it needed to be an appointment, not a disappointment. And right now, I, I do feel disappointed. And again, it's not his fault because, like you say, if, wow, if Celtic came calling to you, you know, fifty-five years of age, then, and um, and they're saying that they want a, a youthful, dynamic, you know, forward-thinking, and, and who knows, maybe maybe he's going to show us all wrong. But of course, you're going to, you're going to snatch that, um, and you're going to grab that chance with with both hands. But I think right now, it's not what we expected, what we'd hoped for, kind of what we'd advocated for. You know, it's not that right now. This wasn't a, a an opportunity for for a. You know, what's the word I'm thinking for? Thinking of it's, it wasn't it wasn't a chance to take. You know, we wanted something to come in and, and be a little bit stable. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a hit and a hope. And I just feel that's maybe a little bit what this is. We've not hit the the height that we wanted to hit, and now I, I just feel it's it's disappointing. Yep, and also Russell, you said it there. If that narrative's out there that Celtic are foisting backroom staff and stuff like that, and you know, restrictions and budgets and stuff like yep. that on any manager. That that's out there now. So that is a barrier to a uh, hiring a top level or a high bar manager as we've banged on about. You know, you you rightfully say guys will not come and work under those parameters and strict boundaries. You know, which is why they'll probably have to go to Postacoglu who sees it as a, a great opportunity and maybe Blissfully unaware of kind of restrictions that might be placed on mm-hmm. him. He sees it. It's for Celtic. It's a big job. This is my chance to shine in my in my stage. And as you say, we have gone in hard on him. We have, and we'll make no apologies for it because we are Celtic supporters. We are disappointed. It's not the it's not the manager that we wanted, given the fact that we've had lots of months to sort this out. You know, it's it's just it's. It is a crushing disappointment. Yep. And we don't have anything personal against Postacoglu because he could come in, hit the ground running and be, and be, as I've said, that new messiah wherever he may roam. And I hope he is. But at this point, is telling you that it could have disaster written all over it. You know, that's what your gut's telling you. 
and the other side is saying, give him a chance, yeah, give him a chance. Yeah. You're sitting like that. Yeah. You're yeah. a season where you 35 million quid's at stake, and you're going like that. Hope this is the right guy. Hope he brings in the right players. Hope, hope, hope. Yep. That's, that's no way you're going to any season, and especially no way you're going to any season if you're Glasgow Celtic Football Club and you are acting like a big football club. I'm sorry, it's not. No, I agree with you. I think as well. I mean, it's just so it's so baffling that we get a new CEO and Lowell is apparently leaving the building and we're all thinking it heralds a new era. But everything just seems to be the exact same. Now, I appreciate Peter Lowell's still in position right now or whatever, right? But you would think that whoever it is that's coming in, it's a new era, it's a new dawning of a new age. Yet Celtic seem to be the exact same and doing the exact same things and for the exact same reasons. That's what they would under Mr. Lawwell. So I wonder as well, maybe he gets it too tight, maybe it's far deeper rooted and there's an arrogance right across the board. Um, and or, or some sort of strange business thinking that seems to keep us going from one episode to another. I find it honestly incredible that under these charlatans that we won four trebles in a row. It's actually, it's almost a miracle. Maybe every year we seem to go through the same state of flux. And I'll take you right back to when Strachan was there. Stephen Fletcher, they wouldn't sign him, right? Yep. Yeah, John McGinn, they wouldn't sign him, right? Ben Davis, they wouldn't sign him. Yep. And then Tony, they wouldn't sign him. Then maybe how they could be clinched a deal. The common denominator in all of this, right, is cash. Amy, right? And you've got it. That's it, right? But also, the protagonists that are involved in these deals, it's been the same people. The Celtic board, you know, common denominator, maybe. Russell alluded to there. Peter Lowell. But is it deeper? What, what I said the other day, after, what is it with Celtic that they can't conclude a deal and every deal that they can't conclude has came back to haunt them in a massive massive way you know yeah and to be honest I'm probably the worst person to come to in this because the way you've the way that you've you know you've perfectly put that out since since Strachan's early days with Fletcher you know that that's my whole Celtic career that's my whole Celtic life that, that's, that's all I know so you know these disappointments and like I say it certainly doesn't make it any easier and especially I think in these last you know 40 minutes I've really just took a real realisation that it's quite worrying that the state that we are in that we are literally 50 days away you know from from Champions League qualifiers but that has been it and it's all these misses and these up and you know there's such a joke that I think every time you, you turn on a game if it being the if it being the championship or anything like that oh Celtic was linked to him Celtic were linked to him you know Celtic been linked to everybody um, there's there's not a striker who I know who's been you know promoted from the <laughs> that, that Celtic weren't you know linked to and I'm and I'm not joking it's it's just a, a matter of fact so I don't know. I think it, it definitely put to you guys, you know, what's the difference under previous boards to, to now? Um, but there's there's something just not clicking um, and, I, and I really don't know what it is and it has to be a deep-rooted issue because as you say, you know, we're, we're moving on from Lowell times. We're, we've, we've had up-team managers, so it's not the managerial. You know, we're in, we've been in states of dominance, we've been in states of, of chasing. Um, so everything else has sort of, of changed and differed, but there's only been one recurring theme and it is, it's Obviously, it's the board, and if anything deep deep rootier than than that. <laughs> but it's this stripping of optimism, isn't it? You should go into every season with renewed vigor and optimism. Yeah, and hope, right? Renewed hope, as you say. And they could just when you thought things couldn't get any worse after the season that they had, when they never prepared properly for the ten, and then you got to February and they parted company with Neil Lennon. And you thought, right, this is it. You know, you heard Dominic Mackay was coming in. You thought, they're going to tool up. They're, they're going to get it right this time. And they've just sat and again, don't know what's happened. But they've rested on their laurels. Probably thought Eddie Howe was coming in. Everything will be rosy in the garden again. He'll do what Brendan Rodgers did. You know, yep. Marvel. But they've got to do their bit as well. They're representing the supporters. You know what I mean? They're holding the highest office. We expect them to conduct their business at the highest level, you know, and do it well, you know. But it just again, and and then still asking you to fork out your money 
for and not giving you a definitive when you can get back into the stadium. Yep. You know, and and just and and it's I get keep getting back to it. It's the supporters that feel the brunt of this. The supporters on Friday, a collective gasp that hitting the stomach feeling that I looked to when the how deal come up, you were like deflating. Yeah. So, I, 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 devastation. You know, and they pick and then it's guys like ourselves who are on this trying to pick up the pieces from this and try and be positive as we attempt to move on. How do we move on? How how do we move on? Where do we go from here? I think it's difficult, Tony, to try and move on when I think there's still got to be an inquest as to how it went so wrong, firstly. Um, see whatever reason there was that was taken out for Eddie Howe to change his mind on this. And it does feel like he's backtracked a bit, right? I think we can all say Celtic, yes, probably did rest in laws, but see whatever reason he's given. Firstly, how was it not fixable at the time? How could we not move the goalposts again then to, 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 to accomplish getting them over the line? Secondly, how did we only find out now? <laughs> how has it took so long? And we've used every excuse for him not coming to Celtic. We've already, I've already alluded to, you know, I think the, the, the fact Peter Lawwell was there might not be a guy that you want to work with. Okay, fair enough. His new CEO comes in, still three months down the line, hasn't got him over the line, right? Then you're looking at... It was a backroom staff that he needed to get from Bournemouth. That situation's now came to light. That was doable. It was all there because the playoffs have finished for Bournemouth. You're then talking about, was it his contract? Well, we didn't even make it to the 1st of June to give ourselves the hope that it might be a contractual thing, that his contract finished on the 1st of June, and we might somehow cling on to that hope. We've even blown that one. So I don't understand. Every reason that seems to be occurring for this that we've, or every excuse that we've managed to to create for this not to happen has came and gone he still has chose not to join Celtic I don't understand I want to know what it was and if it was fixable and I want to know secondly why it took us 90 days to find out that we've got a manager under our you know under our sights that doesn't actually want to join you how are we getting that so wrong yeah. how are we not smelling that Tony well I only those at the top can answer, and as you say, they... I know, I know, I know. They've not answered anything since the start of the, the 10 in a row season, so what chance have you got? But can I ask you then, if you had the choice tomorrow, who, who would you install as the new Celtic manager, Russell? Bearing in mind that short-termism, as you say, I'm not trying to put you in the spot. I'm my heart, my heart, my heart now says Roy Keane, right. but I would, if I, my brain, though, and I know you're going to agree with this one because we've, we debated this three months ago, Tony, when we were first becoming best pals. Yeah. And we, what we did, we spoke about it at length, and I said, Steve Clark would be who you, you would go for. If he has a good Euros as well, wow, he's going to look a hotter appointment than ever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If he, he, qualify, he could potentially qualify Scotland out of a group for the first time in Scotland's history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just know as I say about the short termism this is the real world we're now in 50 days or whatever it is I don't even want to see GP sign ever again because the, <laughs> the, the, the group stage is so close you'd back him before anyone else to get us through those navigate us through the, the extremely difficult route that we now face in the Champions League because we finished second in the league Amy what's your thoughts on that a, a Roy Keane or a Steve Clark or are you I don't know. Um, I know. I've, I've probably not hurt myself out. I think I definitely, I mentioned obviously the, the age of Postacoglu um, and and I, I'm not meaning, you know, because there you go, Steve Clark, you know, I, I've definitely said that in the past that I, I actually didn't even mind him for Steve Clark and he's probably older. But I think the point is, is that, you know, the reason that most fans didn't want Steve Clark was because he said, oh, he's older, it's not the youthful dynam- dynamic coach we were looking for. Yeah. If then we look at a Steve Clark or we look at, I don't know, a Mark Hughes, then the whole shift, uh, then the, there's a whole mentality shift. And then you can really get on board in that sense with, with Ange. Just not the, the other the abundance of other issues. You know, there's going to be there's going to be issues with anybody we we um, appoint now because it's it's not going to be how and it's not they're not going to hit the heights of how. But I don't I don't know if it's 
if it's the um, if it's still the more youthful sort of looking manager, then I, 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 his, his name's not been chucked about. But I'd maybe go. There's, there's Steve Cooper down at Swansea, and I appreciate he just missed out on promotion. But I've, I've been really impressed by him. Um, I've watched a lot of Championship football this season, and I've been remarkably impressed. I think he's came in. He's something a bit different, um, and, he, and he's breaking a little bit of different mould. But it's a tough one, it really is. But then, if, like I say, if you're going to totally abandon the whole youthful dynamic sort of approach, I, I wouldn't be against Mark Hughes. And I know there's been a whole debacle on Twitter about that. I appreciate that. I'm not going into that. But it's, um, you know, then he he ticks the box of of knowing the leagues, knowing the um, the, the stature of the club. And just having a bit of a presence, having a bit of a name, that, that's the other point that we're saying. He, he needs a little bit of a name. Like, say, if, if it be Gerard, then it's up against Hughes. He, he's been there, done that, and, and I understand Hughes creates a whole lot of um, angst and, and, and different talking points and debate, but it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one no matter what. And like I say right now, it's just, I think there's just so much, especially for me, disappointment and really, you know, a lack of trust, lack of um, association with the board and I think more than anything well, we've, talk, we've talked about the, the disconnect with the board but now there is a severe severe lack of trust Spot on Aye, I mean completely and utterly it's, just, it is, it's a trust issue now you know completely and utterly as I've just said there uh, it's the disconnect and the division amongst the Celtic supporters is frightening I, I spoke about a while ago the, the cannibalism on Twitter where fans are eating each other and it's because of the board that this has happened and yep. it's still happening over this and this is the biggest decision the club are going to make in a long, long time and they plucked a relative unknown you know and and, and, and a lots of Celtic supporters are Celtic supporters faithful through and through and I get yep. that and they'll just support the club no matter what and no matter who comes in and that is fine and as Amy alluded to there it's, it's not actually Ange Postacoglu's fault that he's been brought into this mix, but just disgusted by the way this has been handled from the get-go. Yeah. From last August, well, from last July, when they were preparing to go into the Champions League, well, didn't prepare at all. <laughs> from last pre-season, really. Right? Or, or last, when the season before ended. You know, they just not prepared at all and they put up a wall of silence and treated you with utter contempt and disdain and the state that we are now in, that we are scrambling about trying to find a manager 50 days before we go into the Champions League qualifiers, just don't. I mean, and if people at the top can't see the way this club's been run and that they're a laughing stock, then what chance have you got? I know. Because they're not hurting. No. You're hurting. I'm hurting. Amy's hurting. 52,000 season ticket holders are hurting. Yep. And many other Celtic supporters all over the world are hurting and they're staring in disbelief at this and I get that the the, the rank and file and the most optimistic people will say give him a chance we're going to have to give him a chance if this is the man I mean, we've spat for him for nearly an hour and we've gone in heavy but if he, if it's Angie Postacoglu then he will get our support of course he has to because you're a Celtic supporter and that's the bottom line but we're just trying to have to be positive about this and the processes that have led the club to this, that's what we're having a go at here. And the fact that the manager, possible incoming manager, might not be might not be the man that fits the role. I know. Fits the bill. I think it'll all be summed up, Tony. If near beat on plays centre back in that first <laughs> Champions League qualifier. And you think I'm having a laugh and I'm actually no, trying I'm like no. it's actually a real real a real chance of that being what we are dealing with yet again. And is that gonna be fair on Angie Postacoglu? No, it's not. And that's why it'll be him, because no one else accepts it, Tony, that is of a standing above what we what we should be aspiring to be. Yeah. People of that standing do not to go for Celtic because they do not want to play near beat on as a makeshift centre half in the Champions League. That is an example I'm giving, by the way. I'm not saying the job is defined by that. But you wouldn't be surprised again if yet again you see him as the makeshift centre back in this first qualifier. Wow. And, and do you know what? And I said to you off here, I'll say it to you now, I, I, I said, I, I wouldn't be averse to bringing in a safe pair of hands 
like Gordon Strachan for a year until they did their due diligence and went and scouted a real manager and courted them for this year, right? Because Strachan's got that arrogant streak in him as well. They're a bit like the Roy Keane streak that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That's right. There's arrogance there with Roy Keane, and you know he would go toe to toe with Steven Gerrard, but you you can't for the life of you think that it would be a disaster waiting to happen. You know, where Strachan's been there before under adversity. And he triumphed, you know. And people say, "Oh, you're talking rubbish." Yeah, but I'm talking about an actual safe pair of hands where you could trust. A wee bit arrogance. You can get football results. You can win football matches, and he would probably do it under the circumstances because he's done it before under those circumstances. You know, so you just say, "Right, get on with it." And and I like cracking up and he's Scotland playing a decent standard before he left. So you know. It's just an idea rather than plump for the unknown, the relative unknown. I know it might not be popular, Amy, but hey, we're not making any, nobody at the club's making any popular decisions at the moment. It's just another no, one there, isn't it? You know? uh, there's certainly no popular decisions, you're, you're spot on there. And it's just, it's, you know, how, how have we got to this state? You know, um, it's. <laughs> There, there is now a divided support. You know that that that's not the the state of play that we should be in right now. I think, that of course, now people will come out and say, "Oh, it weren't really a fan of how and whatnot." But I think there was a little bit of everyone could. There was a little bit of how that everybody could could get on board with. Sure. Know? Maybe not, maybe not complete because nobody's going to please everybody. But I think there was a little bit of unity and a little bit of wow, right? We're we're making that sort of step forward. But um, you know, like I say, there's there's a divided support right now, and and any times this is this is the last thing we needed. It was the echoes of Brendan Rodgers as well, Amy. With yeah, Eddie knew that he could come up here, reinvent himself, and be a winner, actually win stuff and that kind of thing, and take his career onto the next level where he wanted to. Because this was a guy who was linked with the England job very early in his career. Yep. And Celtic were going to offer him that platform back to the big time and people were on board with it and they were excited. Lots of people said that he got relegated, yada, yada, but he kept Bournemouth. Remember Bournemouth in the top flight in England? I know. Five, six years. Incredible. Right. So uh, people were excited about it and it's all right in hindsight to say I didn't want him anyway, but did he not want them at the expense of Andrew Postacoglu? You wait up now. You know, so uh, that's my thoughts. And people were on board the How bus. Russell, everybody was on board the How bus. I think so. I you agree know? with you. I agree um, with you. Do you think? Do you think they don't want folk like anyhow? It's too much of a problem. They almost don't want people to be trying to push Celtics. You know, whole the whole train and right or, or the bus, shall we say? You're wanting it to, you know, to achieve everything it can and go as fast as it can. And I almost get this vibe that Eddie Howe was a problem to them. Brendan Rogers was a problem to them. Martin O'Neill, to an extent, was a problem to these guys, well, right? And Gordon Strachan might have done it once, Tony, but I think it's fanciful that he would come back and do it again. Do you know that? No, no, not because your no, your your basis on him. Just let me finish. Sorry, your basis on him was all all sound. I actually think it would be folk like Strachan that would say no to us now. <laughs> Possibly, I do. That's that's a fair comment, actually. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, your rationale is spot mm. on. I actually think Strachans of the world wouldn't, but buns bitten. Twice as shy. Well, as I said at the top of the programme, bring on the new Messiah, wherever he may roam. <laughs> He's going to have to be a Messiah because we're getting into this season on a wing. And a yeah, I've been Tony Haggerty. That's been Russell Boyce. That's been Amy Canavan. That's a wrap for Axon for a month. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you, my man. Thank you.
Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.